Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics. It's Thursday, June 1st. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the big political stories we're talking about today. The government shrugs off an NDP motion that passed the Commons to sideline David Johnson and call a public inquiry into foreign interference allegations. It's understandable that uh, political parties uh, want to make partisan points on this, but the fact of the matter is David Johnson has served this country in extraordinary capacities for decades. The opposition says they won't stop trying to get answers through a public inquiry. Mr. Trudeau is becoming by himself a threat to democracy because he is refusing to make public informations which are absolutely necessary for the population to make choices when it comes an election. And the government considers beefing up security for some cabinet ministers in an era of increasing threats. Unfortunately, we've seen across the political spectrum uh, a rise in threats, uh, and I'm hearing from many members who are uh, worried about their safety. So I'm uh, about to speak to Catherine Levesque, a reporter, parliamentary reporter for the National Post. Catherine, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? Good. I'm I'm awake. That's a start. That's good. <laughs> That's better than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can do this in our sleep, right? So, um, so yesterday we knew this motion would pass, and sure enough, this motion by the NDP to basically sideline David Johnson and uh, have a public inquiry and get the House of the opposition parties to pick someone they can all agree to. That was a motion that they did agree to, 174 to 150. So obviously the Liberals didn't vote for this. So what happens next? Oh, that's a very good question, right? Because, you know, the the goal of the motion was to send a very clear message to the special rapporteur that, you know, she should step down or the government should replace him with, with someone else and just call a public inquiry, right? But that's not what happened. In fact, David Johnston, you know, made it very clear he would not step down. He sent out a statement, said he deeply respects uh, the right of the House of Commons to express its opinion. But, uh, you know, he said he has a duty to pursue his work. Um, So, you know, he's not stepping down. The government also does not intend to replace him. You know, they're kind of wishing that this issue will kind of fade away uh, once again. Um, But, uh, you know, we, we know that never really happens, right? So it's it's really tricky, right? Because the NDP put out this motion, they tried doing this thing. It worked. Uh, you know, they had the other opposition parties on board. Uh, but right now they're re- they're in a really tricky situation. They're stuck, I would say, um, because, you know, these motions are non-binding. The government doesn't have to listen to them or, you know, to act on them. I mean, you know, the House of Commons kind of votes on motions every day. But, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, action is taken after that. Um, but, uh, you know, I Look, I, I think, you know, the, the issue right now is, look, is, is the government going to do something? It looks like the answer is no for now. Um, you know, so then it kind of falls on the opposition parties to possibly do something else. Right. So the NDP already said, look, we will still go see the raw intelligence that David Johnston consulted. You know, we're going to try to be the adults in the room and, you know, kind of follow right. the, this course of action. Um, so it's kind of the, I would say the onus is on the conservatives right now and the Bloc Québécois to, you know, either decide to follow course or to, you know, continue pointing fingers as they've, they have been doing, I would say, in the last uh, few hours. Right. Well, you know, 
you kind of wonder, David Johnson, uh, frankly, what a quagmire to be in. And and I would not be surprised if he had put out, you know, I'm deeply committed to this process, but I've become a distraction. You know, that old line that everybody uses, I right. want to spend more time with my family. And the other <laughs> one is I've become a distraction when they step aside. You know, I wouldn't have been surprised to see that. You know, I've become a distraction and I believe that foreign interference is an issue and maybe I'm just not the guy, whatever. But no, he's dug in, the prime minister's dug in, and the uh, opposition has dug in on a poli- uh, an inquiry. Like, maybe they should just go in a room and say, <laughs> we've, we've decided this is who we want to handle this, like Judge Rouleau or whatever, somebody they all agree to, and then shove it at Trudeau. And what's he going to do with that? Right. I mean, you'd think they'd find some way to get out of this. I, I mean, you'd think, right. You know, put them in a room with a couple of pizzas and beer, and, you know, <laughs> tell them. Like the meat lake accord, you know, <laughs> you're not leaving till exactly. we have an accord, <laughs> you know, but no, apparently it doesn't work that way anymore. Um, look, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, it's very clear that, you know, really they're, they're at an impasse right now. I mean, you know, nobody wants to budge. Nobody wants to change its position. And, um, you know, except for, for the NDP who slightly changed its position, you know, who, who says that. And it's it's quite interesting, their position, right? Because they're saying, look, we, you know, David Johnston is is a great Canadian. You know, he he's an eminent Canadian. He's done many things for to, to serve this country. Um, but look, it's just he doesn't have the confidence right now. And, and, you know, just the fact that his legal aid gave to the Liberal Party, I mean, that is a problem. And, you know, that kind of adds to this perception that, you know, David Johnston can't be trusted. Um, you know, I found it interesting yesterday, the the block leader uh, kind of saying, look, we have other names to recommend. I mean, you know, we have a list of names and we just haven't submitted this to the prime minister because we want these people to become the commissioner, you know, not someone hearing some public hearing. So there seems to be, you know, there, there's certainly a lack of communication right now. Um you know, conservatives obviously don't want to be involved in the process. They didn't even want to meet David Johnston. So there are level and degrees of, you know, non-collaboration right now happening. Right, um, right. But so, yeah, when you we talk about the block in the scrum yesterday, Yves-Francois Blanchet was talking about how Justin Trudeau is not respecting Canadian institutions and he should have more respect for Parliament. And I was thinking, is the world upside down or what? Like, and this is this is the guy who wants to separate. And he's he's saying, I've got more respect for this institution behind me than Justin Trudeau does. You know, <clears throat> I mean, it's it's very strange when you hear all the debates. But David Johnson is going to be at committee next week, too. Yes. On June 6th. Because the, the opposition on that committee, I think it's procedure and, and house affairs, I think. Yes, um, yeah, so they're calling him there. Now, can you just imagine what that's going to be like? Oh, goodness. I mean, well, I, I think it's going to look like a number of these hearings, right, where, you know, you had someone, you know, answering questions. And in many cases, you know, I, I always go back to the example of Katie Telford, but, you know, she was answering questions. She couldn't say a lot of things because of national security considerations. Maybe David Johnston will be able to go a bit more into detail, but it, it, you know, it really turned into a show, you know, this committee hearing, right? Because you had 
um, I, I would say mostly the conservatives, you know, kind of pointing fingers and, you know, um, playing the blame game and saying, look, you know, you're this is disrespectful. You're not answering questions. And, you know, having uh, David Johnston, I suspect, will on certain occasions will say, well, look, I, you know, this specific answer, I can't answer this. Right. Um, you know, the, the other thing I will say about David Johnston, and it, it's bound to come, uh, you know, to 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 happen next week at committee is, you know, I think he will be asked about the Trudeau Foundation and, you know, his links to the foundation, which he has explained already, you know, he said he he joined as a member because of his interest for education, uh, because of, you know, his commitment uh, to to that um, to that domain, not because he's, you know, he wanted to help the Trudeau family in, in any way. Um, so, you know, I. Right. But they're going to really be asking that- they're going to be asking him, well, why did you pick this lawyer who's mm-hmm. got all these donations to the Liberal Party? Why, 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 why? Why are you still here? You know. Yes, and it's it's a distraction, right? You know, because yes. we're supposed to be talking about foreign interference. You know, this is a very serious issue. So, um, uh, honestly, but- I just I just look ahead to the next three weeks, and I think Justin Trudeau is thinking, I've got so many more sleeps till the summer break, and then I'm going to have three months off, and no one's going to remember this. It'll be like a Dallas dream. Uh, we'll see. I, I mean, we could have more leaks, right? You know, this is always well, something that could happen. <laughs> anything can happen. Okay, let's move on to what um, um, we were learning yesterday, that the RCMP is probably going to be called upon to bolster more security for politicians um, than we are seeing now, like almost like a ad hoc basis, but you're under threat. Okay, we're right beside you, a little more formalized than it is now. Um mm-hmm. So what what kind of atmosphere, what's going on to provoke this? Oh, goodness. I mean, it's it's been going on for a while now. I mean, this is uh, the increasing amount of threats that has been going on. I mean, you know, you, you can only one can only think of Christian Freeland, right, who was harassed in, in Alberta. That was last summer um, by a man about twice her size. And, you know, she was stuck in an elevator with her staff only there to protect her. I mean, that was very, very scary. And a lot of things could have gone wrong, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, Catherine McKenna. I mean, that again, she's left politics, but during her her time as environment minister, especially, she was the target of verbal abuse um, by, you know, regularly by her constituents. And, you know, she was uh, an online attacks as well. Um, but this has been going on, you know, ever since COVID, especially uh, people are very, very angry. And, you know, they're putting their anger to some of the elected officials, in particular, the the liberal ones, right? So, um, you know, yesterday, we, we had, you know, put those questions to a number of, of ministers of, of liberals and said, well, look, I mean, have you benefited from a special type of security. And in certain t- in certain cases, you know, I'm thinking of Karina Gold, she said, well, yes, actually, you know, I have been subject to threats. Um, and I have benefited from RCMP protection, you know, for a limited time, but you know, because I, I simply did not feel safe. So, um, you know, it's interesting, because we're put in a situation where, you know, uh, in certain provinces, I'm thinking of Quebec, I mean, all the ministers, obviously, the premier there, have protection at all times. They have security around them. It is not the case at the federal level. I'm, I'm always left surprised by this because, you know, th- these are ministers of the crown and, and they're just kind of walking freely, um, you know, which which is a, a good thing, you know, in a democratic country. But at the same time, I mean, it, you know, it only takes 
one person, right? For, you know, for something bad to happen, one bad apple. And, um, you know, as of right now, they, a lot of them are simply not protected. So what we learned yesterday from Daniel LeBlanc's uh, report in Radio-Canada is that, um, you know, we're expecting new RCMP units. Um, so they would be able to offer protection to up to 10 ministers or high-level bureaucrats. So so that's interesting. I mean, we're also talking about senior public servants. You know, they can also be uh, targets. Certainly, Katie Telford, for instance, she was the victim of a break-in a few months back. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing for Jody Thomas, uh, the Prime Minister's National Security Advisor. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, these threats are very real. A lot of uh, bureaucrats are, you know, out of, in the public eye because, you know, like we said, they they appear at committee, right? So people see them, people get to know them. And so they also become uh, targets of, of this abuse. So looks like these units, you know, will, will be able to shift from, you know, bureaucrats, ministers, and be able to provide uh, protection. But uh, obviously, this does not apply to uh, to everyone, only those who would have a, a risk assessment made and, you know, that the RCMP considers that there there are some real threats against them. Yeah, I was struck by <clears throat> cabinet yesterday when probably eight cabinet ministers were asked the question, you know, what do you think of uh, having more security? Have you faced incidents? Pretty well all of them, you know, had, like including uh, the justice minister, David Lametti, who was even talking about um, you know, uh, n- not himself personally, but uh, an MP that he didn't uh, name, but just said, you know, someone just took a baseball bat to his constituency office. Teresa Tam, the public health uh, bureaucrat during COVID, uh, threats, death threats, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, if you're a high profile bureaucrat making decisions, doing briefings, appearing on TV, uh, you know, uh, social media meets anger right and and how how far is it going to go you never know right oh yeah exactly and you know i i was on there the campaign trail with the prime minister you know in 2021 but uh, you know the prime minister in his case it's different right because he has some security uh you know at, at all times but uh look i mean at, at times it it was scary and it was clearly not enough. Um, you know, you, we, we talked a lot about the, the rock throwing at the prime minister, right. but it, you know, he was also mobbed right. at, at every event that he was going to, especially in Ontario. And, you know, you had his security personnel, uh, you know, obviously beefy guys, but they had to kind of create a corridor for him to enter or leave events because people were really, really angry and shouting things at him. And, you know, they could have easily, you know, hurt him if if they had so chosen so, right? Because, and he even had to cancel events yeah. because there was such an angry mob and it was just very, um, you know, it, it was dangerous, frankly, for everyone's security because, you know, you just need one person to charge at you and and, and something bad can, can happen. Well, so no again, kidding. And you remember Jagmeet Singh being swarmed. We've seen it a couple of times, people hur- hurling abuse at him. I mean, he's a, a martial arts expert. That would be quite the thing, eh? If all of a sudden he started picking people up and throwing them into the air. Oh, goodness. Um, no, no, but <laughs> like a Shawinigan handshake. You don't want politicians to go about their daily business and have to be experts in martial arts, right? So you have to give them protection. But I mean, Mark Holland was saying, the house leader, you know, we want good people. We want people that are into policy and debate and so on. 
are they going to want to join this world when this is what you're dealing with? Oh, absolutely. And and it's interesting because you were talking about David Lametti. He had a similar reflection when talking about David Johnston. You know, he said, look, we have a Canadian who served his country well and, mm-hmm. you know, just the kind of abuse that he's facing and, you know, the uh, the criticism that he's facing. I mean, maybe some, yeah, it's, I mean, we're some good people will not want to go into politics anymore. Even, you know, apparently a lot of people are don't want to appear at parliamentary committees because, you know, they're going to be um, faced with, you know, some some personal attacks. So, you know, they, they don't want their reputation to be tarnished, essentially. Right. So absolutely, I think this is, you know, a reflection that's going on um, at the federal level. And, you know, people are, are afraid. I mean, you know, it's it, how can you expect to attract someone into politics and say, hey, you'll be able to do great things when exactly right. You'll be subject to probably harassment, threats, abuse, um, you know, and you have more chances of that happening if you're a person of color or a woman, unfortunately. So th- this is, you know, a sad reality. I, I wish I had, you know, a solution for this. But in the meantime, it seems like the security um, solution by the RCMP might be a, you know, a temporary one for for now at least. Yeah, no, it's a kind of a sad uh, turn of events in the last couple of years for sure. Uh, so just to wrap up, uh, Catherine, let's just talk uh, a little bit about the fact that Chinese interference, uh, foreign interference, has been dominating the House of Commons scrums since February. But uh, this House of Commons does have other things on its agenda. And just three weeks left to finish it. So could you just tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so there's a long list of bills uh, that need to be passed in the next three weeks or so. I'm not going to go through them all. Um, But yes, I mean, you're you're right. There are a lot of things happening in in the background, right, that we don't necessarily hear about all the time. Uh, You know, the most important one being uh, the budget bill. Which hasn't passed yet. uh, uh, 47, sorry. 47, yeah. Yes, and, and that has been filibustered in the finance committee by the conservatives. You know, it's been going on for, for weeks. Now they're at clause by clause, but, you know, they're going through about 600 clauses, right? Because, so this is a big bill, lots of mm-hmm. things happening. You know, we're talking about the grocery rebate. We're talking about the Canadian dental care plan. So lots of very important things. This needs to uh, pass ASAP. So that's the priority. Um, but there are a number of other bills right now and the kind of, you know, making their way through the House of Commons. Um, this week, we saw the, um, the the bill on the mo- modernization of the Canadian Environmental Protection Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty major. That was a Senate bill and it passed through the House of Commons. So it will be going back to the Senate and then maybe receiving royal assent. Um you know, there's C35, which enshrines child care agreements across the country. Um, C42, which which protects against money laundering. So a number of things. Um, But I would also say, Julie, you know, let's take a a look at the Senate because there are a number of really contentious bills right there right now. And I think the senators are having a lot of pressure right now to pass them as soon as possible, right? I'm talking about C21 on the firearms bill, mm-hmm. um, C18, which forces online platforms to pay for news content. Certainly, you know, Facebook and Google and all that are not very happy 
about this, but also C-13, which we've talked about on this show on official languages. I know there are a number of senators, especially from Quebec, who have the um, same concerns as uh, Anthony Housefather. So, right. you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with these bills if they, uh, you know, they, they pass on time before the summer, you know, the, the House rises for the summer. And um yeah, but, you know, in the meantime, we'll have a, a lot of sittings, uh, you know, until midnight. Uh, that starts that's, officially next week. I'm told. That's yeah. right, right. Mark Harland was saying yesterday that the Conservatives are stalling on everything. And Andrew Scheer, uh, uh, the Conservatives said, well, we have a lot of questions about everything. We're taking our time on these. So Holland said, well, you're going to have till midnight. Fill your boots basically <laughs> every night. <laughs> bring your pajamas, bring your pillow. And, you know, talk it out. Yeah. but Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Oh. So so there's a solution for them. You know, yeah, if they want exactly. to talk it out. Yeah. They can so talk it, they out, can until talk it out until midnight. OK, well, listen, thank you so much for your perspective and analysis and have a great day. That's Catherine Levesque, parliamentary reporter for The National Post. Now, let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators and editorialists are saying today. In an editorial, the Toronto Star asks what Danielle Smith's victory in Alberta will mean for Ottawa's climate change agenda. The Star writes, Danielle Smith has made a call to arms for all Albertans to battle the Trudeau government on its quest to meet carbon neutral targets. She has her allies in this, federal conservative leader Pierre Poilievre and Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe, most notable among them. And even though key Trudeau cabinet ministers spoke the language of cooperation and conciliation this week, they know the road to effective carbon reduction is now strewn with fresh potholes. Make no mistake, acrimony was always on the Alberta-Ottawa agenda, but it is back with a bang. And that is bad news for the majority of Canadians who are demanding substantive action to fight climate change. In the Globe and Mail, Sylvain Charlebois argues the federal grocery rebate isn't the solution to food inflation, it's the problem. He writes, this rebate introduced by the federal government doesn't help our food inflation problem one bit. Instead, it exacerbates it. The rebate reflects a long line of bad decisions by our governments. Since the start of the pandemic, many governments, including Canada's, have spent significant amounts to provide socioeconomic safety nets for people in need. Companies have always received funding to cope with economic uncertainties. When a government injects more money into the economy, the excess liquidity can drive up demand for goods, including food, which in turn can lead to higher prices. Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. In Ottawa, the Prime Minister will attend the Crown Métis Nations Summit. He will be joined by the Minister of Crown Indigenous Relations, Mark Miller, the Minister of Indigenous Services, Patty Hyju, the Minister of Northern Affairs, Dan Vandell, the President of the King's Privy Council for Canada and Minister of Emergency Preparedness, Bill Blair, and the Minister of Canadian Heritage and Quebec Lieutenant, Pablo Rodriguez. Later in Toronto, the Prime Minister will meet with gun safety advocates. He will be joined by the Vice Chairman and Team President of the Toronto Raptors and Giants of Africa co-founder, Masai Ujiri. Later, the Prime Minister will deliver remarks to commemorate the first National Day Against Gun Violence. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will be in Winnipeg to hold economic roundtable discussions with business and academic leaders from Manitoba. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will speak with the media before question period. 
Later, Singh will meet with the group Mums Stop the Harm. Innovation Minister François-Philippe Champagne will speak at CANSEC 2023 in Ottawa. Public Services Minister Helena Jezek and Official Languages Minister Jeanette Petipa-Taylor will also be in attendance. Crown Indigenous Relations Minister Mark Miller, Indigenous Services Minister Patty Haidu, and Minister of Northern Affairs Dan Vandal will speak to the media in Ottawa on the margins of the Crown Métis Nation Summit. Employment Minister Carla Qualtro will be in Nanaimo, B.C. to announce skills for success investments for organizations across Canada that are providing skills training and career advancement opportunities to persons with disabilities. And in Vancouver, International Development Minister Harjit Sajjan will announce funding to support Indigenous clean energy projects and skills training. That's CPAC Today in Politics for Thursday, June 1st. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.